Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the last word quest. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably tune in live and catch me right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, just be sure to click the follow button so you can catch me when I am live. Uh, I basically went through the quest and talked about what it was, why I enjoyed it, why I thought it was a good quest, spoke to the frustrations with the inclusion of PvP, said that it, it actually made a lot of sense for PvP to be included, uh, and that it wasn't that hard. I don't play a lot of PvP, and I got it done. I got the what would be considered probably the harder one done in three games, and the part where you're supposed to get the medals just go into mayhem and follow your teammates is essentially what I said so I I actually enjoyed the quest the gun feels good in PvP I think there's a lot of things in PvP that sort of work against that range of gunfight I think it's going to be tough I think for some games for you to feel like you can get into the scrappy gunfights but overall I think that it is a uh, it's a good feeling gun and it feels like the last word not really meant for PvE obviously but I do feel that they got it into a good place and I enjoyed the end of the quest too, I didn't like the whole draw thing but I enjoyed that solo mission uh, quite a bit I think we could take counterbalance off this half dan, we don't really need counterbalance and I bet we could put rampage spec on it and see if that helps the half dan be a little bit better so let's jump in right into the questions uh, the first question is from Shoulder on Twitch. People want a PvP hand cannon, but don't expect PvP. What do you think of each step? In my opinion, it's great. It's perfect amount of steps. Yeah, I, sp- I mean, I spoke to this in the uh, in the talk. Obviously, you answered this. You asked this question before I gave my talk, and I just kind of answered it as well. Just, I think the general that I think the general feel in the community was, I don't really like doing PvP, and you're making me do it, and I don't want to. And I, I do think the nature of of PvP lends itself to complaint. It, it just, it's in a place where you do die to a lot of things that can be very, very frustrating. Uh, whether it's the Jotun, or whether it's the, you know, grenade launchers, power ammo, you know, the the supers, shoulder charge, shotguns. I. I know that PvP is is frustrating, and that's why I kind of said if you don't really like PvP and you don't really play PvP, I don't really understand why you would have been really wanting the gun to begin with. I did it just because it was fun to play with Typhoon Trav. We did our Tipsy Tuesday and got it done, and I like having all the weapons. People get to see me do something completely different. And also, I mean, I overstate I overstate how bad I am at Crucible. I'm actually not terrible. I mean, getting it done as fast as I did, I put up really good numbers. I and they were sweaty games. I mean, we did not have games that were like done in a hurry. We definitely had games where you could tell people were playing well, the score was close, that you know, people were sticking together. It was, you know, quote unquote uh, sweaty. And I and I still I still got it done relatively quickly. And I think that as long as you stick with your team and play more passive, don't push choke points, I think it'll be fine. I'm Capo. Do you think they're running the... Do you think they are ruining D1 exotics by bringing them into D2? In my opinion, the last word, Lunas and Not Forgotten, are still the way to go in PvP. The last word... Um used to be a counter for shotguns and it's not in D2. I was watching Crafty last night and he was noticeably frustrated with it. Thoughts? I mean, I don't know how long Jesse played with it. I mean, I don't... I don't I'd have to have... I don't want to speak to your claim of what he said or, or experienced. Um... I I don't know what he thinks. So, 
if let's just say if he was frustrated with it then that would be concerning for me i don't know what Giggs thinks i know Giggs mained it for a long time with the 1000 yard stare so i i would be interested in what he and uh and gigs think because um somebody in chat saying he was loving it so um he was handling 90 percent of everyone some ghost bullets yeah i that I, that's why i said i don't want to go based off of what you're saying because i think a lot of times maybe initially it might feel funky and you have to adjust so maybe you caught him like 60 seconds into using it um so i I'm not a good PvP player, and I feel like it handled like I was expecting it to handle. I used it for a while uh, in D1, and I enjoyed it. I was just frustrated by the lack of gunfights. I was just I was in a match where everyone was charging with shoulder charge and shotguns, and it it was tough to use it because of that. Um, so I think the half dan works very good in here. I'm gonna try the ether doctor in the in the next one. Next question. Bet44, would Destiny benefit to have PvE and PvP paths to obtain exotic weapons? Like, the last word, for example, was something to complete five strikes without dying or kill enemy guardians uh, in Crucible, because dying causes you to lose progress. Just a kind of loose example of what I mean. No, I, I get where you're coming from, having like two approaches, like do this or this. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but it's the last word. I mean, it's it's just a weapon where I I just expect to be going into the Crucible to get it. I, I don't know. When we, when we found out the 1K Voices was a raid exotic, <clears throat> I, I wasn't... I don't know. That didn't surprise me. It was like, oh yeah, an exotic that you have to get in a raid. I actually remember kind of celebrating that. It was like, oh cool, they did an exotic that can only be obtained in a raid. Like, that's a really, really good move. Um, I, I, It makes sense to me. I hear where you're coming from, though. Like, why not give us the, you know, uh, why not give us the option to have two different approaches, you know, two different paths. It, for some exotics, I'd be okay with that, but for the last word, um, same with Thorn. I, I expect to be going into the Crucible to get Thorn. I expect that. I, it seems contextually sensible to me. I don't know. I don't want to, like, oversimplify it and act like... I don't know. I don't want to oversimplify it and act like you you should always have to go into Crucible if it's a weapon that's going to be good in Crucible, but guns like the last word in Thorn just... It seems to me like I would, I'm going to be going into those places. Um... So, Orange Shadow uh, Burr says, now that they are adding all of these exotics like the last word when I had masked stuff that, uh, they, don't you think Bungie will need to crack down on the sandbox balance in the Crucible? As much as I didn't like Crucible last night, that's just me expressing why I don't like playing, but I think it's the way that the Destiny Crucible is supposed to be. I don't like it because I play Destiny and get so much satisfaction from the shooting mechanics, and then I go into the Crucible and I just don't feel like there's enough gunfights. But that doesn't mean they need to retool the Crucible to my liking. That's just me expressing why I don't like it. I'm not in the next breath saying, so they should retool the entire Crucible to be nothing but gunfights. I think that's Destiny. Destiny is really powerful stuff. Really wild stuff. Getting killed by Jotun an entire game. That guy killing us with the Jotun the entire game. But because guns were strong and I could make smart decisions, I still put up great stats and we won. And I worked. I, I did a great job on my quest. And that guy, every time he freaking saw me, he shot the dadgum Jotun at me. You know what I'm saying? That's destiny. And that's also why I don't like playing the Crucible. I don't like losing to that kind of stuff. I don't like getting killed by that kind of stuff. 
Um, that's how D2 Crucible was at the beginning. Everyone complained. Right. Like, I never want to go back to where it's nothing but guns. Now, the time to kill was the main culprit in the beginning of D2, but double primary definitely led to people basically having to do nothing but sit on lanes and, you know, and, 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 and lane shoot, right? And that's, that's not fun. My my expression of distaste or lack of enjoyment in the crucible is not because i want the crucible turned into a just guns only crucible i I'm, i don't think that would be good but it's okay for me to say yeah, i don't really like it there were things about pubg i didn't like but that's not me saying pubg should be completely retooled so that it's something that i enjoy so i'm allowed to say these are all the characteristics that drive me away but at the same time I think that's Destiny's Crucible. Take it or leave it. They're going to be doing that. They're going to be putting stuff in that you're like, I don't like this. They're going to be putting stuff in that... That's a nice cut and run. They're going to be putting stuff like that in the game. And if you don't like it, then I would I would wager to say you may have to you may have to either not play or just adjust your expectations. I just don't play. I'm not going to beat my head against the wall. I'm not going to get super frustrated and keep playing a game that I think is it's I feel like it's subpar. I don't feel like the PVP has ever been that great, but that doesn't mean that they should retool the entire thing. You kind of have to it, again, I feel like you kind of have to take it or leave it to a certain degree. You do. Um so if scouts are ever good, I think this cut and runs really good. The outlaw, I got an outlaw dragonfly. So let me infuse this one here. I don't know why I have any other cut and runs. Like this feels like the, uh, this feels like the winner. Um, so I definitely want to keep it because they did make scouts better. Uh, so we'll throw that in there, and we're gonna bring over one of these for infusion here for my misfit. Um. Although, a surrounded rampage orchid might be worth... Well, I don't really want that. I feel like if they ever make surrounded better, I would regret getting rid of this uh, orchid. I would regret it. I'd be like, oh wow, they made it better. I should have kept that, you know? And I just don't like having guns that aren't 650, so I'm like literally infusing just for the sake of... Just for the sake of it. (laughs) Um, So... And a Rampage spec mod on here would probably be the right call. Alright. Let me get back to the screen here so we can get to the next question. And the next question is coming in from... Seros Pisa says, What do you think uh, Destiny 3 will be about? I think it's going to be a time war. I think we're going to go back in time. I think the Stranger is coming back. I think they've laid hints about her coming back um and both they they did it recently with Mara Sav she said something that hinted at her and they did it when um in Curse uh where he said little light so I think there's a lot in the game that is hinting at her coming back and it'll be something like a time war and that'll be a great and easy way for them to reset us. Coach TC21, I'm curious on your take of the implementation of lore in Since Forsaken. I feel that the connection to the old Grimoire and the new stories has been superb. I'm excited about the direction the lore is currently going, especially the Queen's reveal this week. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of touched on that. Uh, I, 
I've never been a big lore guy. So I can't comment on this exhaustively. But I do like the idea that they're, even though they're not giving us DLC story, I like that they had it kind of planned that they would uh, they would have story trickling out with Mara. I think that's I think that's a cool uh, I think that's a cool decision. So I, it'd be cool if they could they could do more of that. Um, so just maybe not give us big huge DLCs, but you could do little teeny dialogue scenes like that where it's not this super elaborate cutscene. It's literally like just a, a, a player model talking to us. Um, so. Joss uh, Rockdom82 says, should these types of quest lines have choices for people to do PvP or PvE, for example, instead of Crucible doing Nightfall kills? Yeah, I mean, we already kind of had this question. I think there's room for that for some quests, but again, I want to restate that I, it's the last word. It just makes sense to me that I have to go into the Crucible. I'm saying that as somebody who doesn't like Crucible. I'm saying that as somebody who typically doesn't go in. I wasn't looking forward to it. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be in there and I, it was fine. I, I did not have any significant issue with it being the way that it was. I get it, man. There are people that just don't want to touch Crucible. I, you know, I get it. Fat Hotshot, I love the final mission. Do you think Bungie should have more of these types of missions? I do kind of like being by myself and being really challenged. I remember doing one of the... It was an Ascendant challenge once, kind of by myself, and it was fun. I really liked playing through the Forsaken uh, campaign by myself, and I was always a little bit underleveled. It felt good. It felt... I loved the... I remember the Baron fight where the big guy... I forget his name. He has the thing that he was swinging and hitting the ground, and it was, like, causing electricity, and we had, like, the, the, the cells and the cages around us. Uh, that fight, I still remember that fight to this day being very satisfying and very fun. Was it the Hangman? Yeah, you're right, it was. It was the Hangman. Um, I loved that fight. I thought that was so, so good. And then the guy that was launching the bombs in the air, I liked that fight. Uh, they, they, those were good times, man. I, I don't know why they haven't repurposed or used those Baron fights enough. I, that, that is such wasted capital. That is just wasted capital, man. That was so... Those fights were so good, and they almost never show up. I mean, they, they show up when what? When you have to do... Uh, what is it? Only when that is the... It only shows up when it's the Flashpoint, right? And then it shows up as like an adventure? A heroic adventure? I, yeah, that that's a miss. Huge miss. They were so... Such good fights. Each Baron can drop unique loot. Like, ah, oh, they are missing... They missed that big time. That is a... That's a ball that just got right past them. They didn't even swing at it. Uh, Kirk Mania. Do you think that this is going to be the future themes of upcoming quest steps for uh, to do, or do you think it's too late for Bungie to rethink how they want to approach them after community feedback? I mean, I, I think this is fine. I think they'll probably take it under advisement, and if people got really discouraged by the quest steps, and they said, you know, hey, I, I, I didn't like that. You know, I, a lot of people were quitting. I, you know, I was quitting. Um, you know, oh, I, I could see them saying, you know, we need to, we need to dial this back, dial these requirements back. I could see them, or softening the blow, like I said, like you can't fall below thirty-three percent once you get to thirty-three percent. They could do something like that. But I don't think they're going to start saying, oh, the last word or any other exotic that's primarily built around PvP. I don't think they're going to say, oh, it's, it's you can do it in PvE now. But I could see them saying, all right, we don't want it to be too punishing. 
once you hit 33%, dying won't take you below that. Like, it locks it in. I, I would be okay with them doing that. And I know some of the hardcore PvP guys would be like, don't casualify it, don't make it easier. But eventually people are going to get it no matter what. What's the benefit in making it take longer and making it unenjoyable for folks? You know? I, I don't I don't think that's a I don't think that that's a justifiable uh, reason. Man, oh man, this thing is cooking. This this I know I'm just in a lost sector, but I, I'm anxious to try this in the. Uh, I'm anxious to try this out. It's got a really good reload on it too, because of flared reload there, and then I have the reload on my uh, my shards. This is a this is a this misfit's feeling good after the bump. Legendary uh, 4KG says. Do you think PvP portion of the last word quest is too much for casual players? I have several guys I play with who think it's going to take them a very long time to get it because of the PvP aspect and the low KD they tend to have. I can get mine in a day, but they're going to really struggle. Thoughts? I, why aren't you playing with them? Play with them and help them. Sit on lanes and team shot. It will not take you that long to get. Unless you are a literal potato... If you play with a team and you're calling stuff out and you're shooting down lanes together, you will have more kills than deaths. You will. Like, and if they're that potato, why are they playing PvP to begin with? I feel like a lot of times people create, like, phantom problems. If you're that bad, I, why are you playing Crucible anyway? How do you even enjoy yourself? If Like, think about it like this. If you're a fan of the Crucible and that's why you want the gun, aren't you just going to naturally get it over time if you're playing? Aren't you? If you hate the Crucible because you're so bad that you can't even go positive a couple of games in a row to get this thing done, well, if that's how bad you are and that's how much you dislike Crucible, why are you going for the why are you going for the last word? I don't understand. That that's convoluted. I, I'm not trying to make it sound like, hey, if you're a bad player, suck it up and get good. I don't want that to be what you take from this. But who are these players that are so bad at Crucible, hate Crucible so much, and they also want the last word? And yeah, you can't get it in one night. Like, again watching myself or any of the top tier I'm not a top tier PvP player and I got it in a night okay so I'm like a mid tier player mid to above average player and I got it in a night maybe that's not normative maybe it's an exotic quest right it's just, it, it, it really isn't normative to be like oh I'm gonna get it that fast cause, cause Giggs and Crafty and, and Grenader Jake got it in a couple hours and even Lono got it in a couple hours so okay collectionist phantom maestro but I, I still think even if they're a collectionist, okay, I'll, let's grant your point. They're a collectionist. They want all the guns. Okay, that's fine. It 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 doesn't take that it doesn't take that long. It doesn't. I you know I I don't know. And again, maybe maybe they're overstating it. Maybe they're playing poorly. Maybe they need you know maybe they need somebody to just go in and kind of play with them so they can just team shot down the lane. You know. Ooh, I'm gonna put that on there. That tiger strike looked cool. Turtle Uwu says, how do you feel about the last word underperforming on controller? It felt fine for me, and we're getting mixed feedback from the community on it. There were people saying it was just fine with controller on console, and there were other people saying it was literal garbage. So I, I we're getting a lot of mixed communication. I think if, if you want to if you want to hear my theory, I'm just gonna theorize off the top of my head. I think the people saying it's garbage either 
don't know how to use the gun or were never that great with it to begin with. That that's what I think is happening. I think people aren't used to it. I think people are probably trying to use it like a hand cannon, and they're like, "What the frick? This thing is trash." You're not supposed to use it like a hand cannon. You're supposed to push kip fire. And I was trying to do it in PVE, and I was missing shots. I was I was bad with it. I'm not used to using the gun. I couldn't then conclude, "Gun's trash, man. This thing handles like a bucking bronco. Get this thing the frick out of here." I'm bad with the gun. So I would want to see somebody that was traditionally skilled with it play on console. I'd want to see Giggs or Grenader Jake or Crafty or somebody play on console and see how well they could use it. They would be the better authority. I think people that aren't good with the gun are concluding that it's bad because they're trying to use it like a hand cannon or that it's just not very good. If Aztec Cross is saying it's not good and Jake was having issues, then there could be some validity to the to the to the um to the recoil not working properly on console um so if 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 grenader jake was having a hard time and asked across is saying it's not good on console they're more authorities than i am then maybe they do need to look at it um because i would trust jake i would trust jake's opinion on it if he hated it on console i think there could be some validity to saying this thing needs adjustments um because i he's he's a top tier you know pvp player he's a strong player it's high noon 88. Would you like to see other exotic quests? We currently have six exotic hand cannons and potentially more during the other seasons. I think exotic quests are fine. I don't think they're that substantive of content. It's basically a bounty that takes you a while to finish. I mean, it's not like an actual quest with a whole lot going on. You know what I mean? You go do a couple of things and then you're done. It's just, it kind of feels like, it, it feels more like a bounty than anything, right? It doesn't It doesn't necessarily feel like it's a, a quote-unquote quest and I don't know how much it actually adds yeah I don't know how much it actually adds so nursey says what specifically do you like about the PvP part of the game what do I like about PvP oh what specifically don't you like about the PvP part of the game I just find it really jarring I go from playing PvE where my primary weapon has a feel and a in a, in a satisfying feel to it whether i'm using a hand cannon auto rifle pulse rifle they're satisfying to use the or just using the misfit right now i'm hopeful that it'll be viable in the forge because just a bullet hose is fun to use sometimes and then i go into pvp and i just find it very jarring to suddenly have my primary weapon feel like a secondary option or a backseat option. It's like, this isn't really what you want to use. People are shoulder charging. People are barrel stuffing with shotguns. People are using the Jotun. People are manipulating, not manipulating, but like they're really, really guarding the heavy and leaning on heavy. People are killing you with supers. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that then shut down that aspect of the game. Now, I'm not saying it should be only guns. I'm just explaining to you why I don't enjoy it. My enjoyment of Destiny is derived from how good it feels as a shooter. And when I go into the Crucible, I don't feel like I'm playing a shooter. I feel like I'm playing an arcade game, an arcade game in a shooter. And that's the nature of Destiny. It's a power fantasy space magic game. And that power fantasy and space magic kind of tilts things away from what I enjoy the most about Destiny. So I don't necessarily think they need to get rid of that that feeling. I don't think they need to get rid of that feeling, but that's why I don't like it. So 
if if heavy was way less pronounced and the maps were not so easily easily sort of barrel stuffed just people just barrel stuff if the maps were a little bit different if they breathed a little bit more and the heavy ammo wasn't so pronounced I probably would enjoy it a whole lot more because I would feel like I could really leverage a primary based strategy for a lot of the maps but I feel like both the maps and still the prevalence of heavy just leads me to say I feel like I'm playing a freaking arcade game like I'm out like and I know people hear me say that like it's not that bad Lono there's plenty of gunfights more power to you I don't want it retooled for me because I'm not a crucible guy anyway but that's my experience and that's why I kind of like let me out of here is is generally my conclusion Damon Gaming sorry this is off topic I was wondering why doesn't Bungie bring back skeleton keys and put them in heroic strikes Uh, however you can only use them in nightfalls this would make heroic strikes relevant while maintaining rhythmic urgency for nightfalls I love that you use my term uh, rhythmic urgency for nightfalls yeah let me think let me think let me think um my only thought there is why why am I Why am I using the skeleton key? If I'm using it for the nightfall specific reward, then my concern would be I'm I'm using it and getting a guaranteed drop. So is that what you would you would basically change it from grinding a nightfall, you would layer it. I would grind for a skeleton key, get the skeleton key, and then I would use I think this thing needs rampage spec. And then I would use it to go open a chest and get a guaranteed wardens is essentially how it would play out right I I don't know in my mind I like grinding a nightfall and then it dropping from the boss but I think maybe there could be room for skeleton keys for something else maybe the skeleton keys could drop like maybe have different vanguard armor pieces guaranteed from strikes and that's what the skeleton key could be for but skeleton key for a vanguard you know piece of armor kind of sounds and feels thematically dumb why am i using a skeleton key for like a vanguard chest piece i don't know i didn't hate the skeleton key system but i certainly wasn't its biggest fan I felt like the layers of RNG were dadgum irritating. You might not get a skeleton key. You might you might not get the gun. And when you get the gun, you might not get the roll that you want. I just felt like the layers of RNG were infuriating. Um, and I would want to see that mitigated more. I think the Misfit with Rampage feels really, really good right now. I want to put Rampage spec on this thing um, just to see if it helps keep me in the lane of times three because when this thing's got times three man it's ripping through the orange bars it feels it feels nice um obviously this this particular forge is going to be hard because the servitors come out pretty regularly but when there's a lot of uh trash ads around man you can get that rampage times three going and really go i want to try it on these guys here and see if i can keep it going uh, especially these servitors yeah, I lost it there. You saw you saw how fast his health was going down, and you could see when I lost it. And Misfit feels good, man. Having a bullet hose is never is never uh, is never a bad thing. You just keep firing, you just keep on going. Hold that button down. Next question: As someone with three different characters, should there be different rewards for completing exotic quests on more than one character, aka cosmetic cosmetics or ships or ghosts? Uh, only danger I could see there is people saying, you know, if I don't have three characters, how am I going to get, 
you know, how am I going to get... I could see doing a, 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 the quest over on the same character. I guess they could let you do that. And then you could you could rerun it for um, an ornament or a catalyst or something. I could get behind that. And then if you run it on the other characters, it's same, you know, same deal. Um... I don't, I don't know if they'd want to do that, though. I feel like they like putting the ornaments in the Eververse. Uh, I feel like they like putting the ornaments in the Eververse because that, that kind of, like, separates it. But I, I could see them... I could really see them saying, no, nah, ornaments can be an earnable thing on the gun, rerun the quest or something. Um, they could just have it right on the gun, right? You could go click on the gun and, like, and it would be, like, story retold or, you know, retold story or something. And when you activate that, it let it basically puts the quest again in your inventory and the reward is an ornament that you unlock. Something like that. Um, I think could be good. Um, so... Tellorn says, should Bungie not make pain point requirement of death penalties in Crucible for quests, but instead just require more kills? Yeah, I don't exactly know why they wanted to make it to where you had to have decent KD. I think they wanted to say, this is a weapon for Crucible, this is a weapon for skilled hands, so you better have some skilled hands in the Crucible. Uh, maybe that was what they kind of wanted to communicate. I, You know, I don't know. I could I could see them taking that logic of saying no you know you you need to be you need to be able to go in and, and prove your metal prove you're worthy of the gun don't just get handed the gun because you got 20 kills or something uh, I don't know I could see it cutting I could see it cutting both ways um I I definitely think I definitely think there's room for adjustment I definitely think there's room for adjustment um, 0.5 is not decent KDA. I don't, here's the thing though, Eugene, I don't think it's that you need a .5, right? It's that they could have a .5 or a .7 or even a .8. They could have a 1, and then they get to the end of that match, and they go into the next match, and then they have a terrible match that murders all their progress, right? It's not, it's not, I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. I think we're focusing on the, oh, you only need a .5, well, yeah, that's low KD, and they may have that low KD and make progress. Then they may have a game where they're just they li- get literally trounced, and that undoes all their progress. So that's why I'm saying, like, if they get the 33% or 50%, like, lock that in. Like, sure, it can go up and down in each match, but maybe at the end of every match, it locks in however you're... Maybe that's the way. Not even 33% and 50%. Maybe it just locks in your progress after every match. Right? Oh, you got the 30 per 32% and the match is over. There you go. Your progress is locked in. You can't lose progress in the next game. Cuz you go into the very next game and then it just and then it turns into, "Oh, I'm getting completely decimated. I better I better back out." You know, cuz you're saying it's just an average. Sure, that's the average over the over the life of the of those games, but is it really that simple? Because I even had a guy come in and say he worked his way up to 70%, and then he had a couple terrible games, and it, and it took all of his progress away. So, like, needing and maintaining a .5 isn't the issue. You could have a game where you have a 1. You get a 1KD, and you make progress. And then your very next game, you get stomped by a 6-stack, and you lose all your progress. I think you guys are oversimplifying it. 
you can lose tons of progress. It's not like, oh, just maintain a dot five and you're fine. It's it's a it's a spectrum that you can move up and down on. So I I'm not saying that it shouldn't be in the in PvP. I'm not saying that it shouldn't require you to get kills and less deaths. I think that's fine. Like thematically, it makes sense. Prove your metal. Prove you're a good player. Prove you're worthy of the gun. The high, the, the really skilled players are getting it in two games. I got it in three games, and then it's going to trickle on down there. The worse you are, the more games it's going to take, right? But if you end a game and you got to like 41%, you just earned 41%. Why doesn't it just lock that in? And then the very next game, if you don't make any progress because you're playing terribly or you're up against a stack, at least you know, well, it's just sitting there at 41%. You know? I think people overblow the criticism, though. I mean, I, I definitely think people overblow the criticism. I think they... they I didn't buy a frame from her. I think people make it sound as if they're never going to get the gun. I think they overstate it. I think they exaggerate. So I don't want to give credence to exaggeration, but I do think they could look at a little bit different about how you go up and down. Because I don't know, dude. You can get into games where there's not a whole lot you can do if someone's just, if they're just six stacking, if they're six stacking uh, and they're just death balling through the map, like that can be pretty freaking brutal to play against. So. Next question. Dan Papa says, The exotic quest that drops when you finish the last word, was that for an ornament? Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't get an exotic quest that dropped at the end. I got the gun and that's gone. I don't have anything in my inventory. I'm not really sure what it is you're, uh, you're referring to. Um, so... I'm gonna try. We have to use a hand cam, but I'm gonna try the Ether Doctor in the next, uh, the next one. So, I'm not sure if there was something that came. That was just the last step of the quest, just to talk to Drifter. Yeah, you just go and talk to Drifter. Yeah, that was the end of it. There was no. Yeah, there wasn't anything extra. Uh, Walla, Walla. WA Lawman says, what is the best way to get exotics? Um, there is not a best way to get exotics. You just kind of play and hope they drop. I'm going to do a talk about exotic drop rate, so I think there's things they could do to fix it. Um, uh, Melodic Gamer, do you think one of the underlying issues with PvP is map design based on game modes? Playing Clash on Vostok is frustrating, but playing Control on Vostok is much more enjoyable. There was always that problem, I think, with map design. Some maps are good or bad for given game modes. I also think a lot of the maps were designed for double primary. Double primary 4v4. That In, in D1, that would happen, right? You'd be on a map designed for threes, and it just felt like a freaking cluster mess uh, when sixes got shoved on there. It was like, why are we all freaking here? Like, what is this, right? Um, I didn't get the flag so I I think sometimes that happens yes I think that I think map design is hurt by a handful of things I think what you're talking about is definitely present and I think that the the you know also just there was an era of the game with ter- with a terrible system of PvP called double primary slow TTK team shot and I think that is still present and noticeable in the map design. 
that you don't have like the lack of verticality on approach sometimes you have to go through doors all the time and go through choke points and 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 hallways and lanes and it just it's very easy to just get sort of team shot and somebody just kind of camps the lane <clears throat> Demins says what are your thoughts on exotic quests being character specific I was progressing the last word quest last night and had gone through all my crucible bounties <coughs> on one character and would have loved to jump to the other characters as well yeah I could see I could see them maybe making a change there especially because once you get to the part where you need to get the assists um, I'm sorry not the assists the revenge or the avenge kills like avenge your teammates or revenge yourself well the 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 nature of mayhem works really well for that if you're able to use blade barrage well if you picked like a warlock to start the quest and you didn't know that was coming well then you might be like shoot this part would be a whole lot easier if i could switch to my hunter um so I, I could see them allowing you to do that, but maybe you have to go in and like check a box and say, you know, convert this to, I don't know, a global or something. I don't know. Um, to me, to me, I think that exotic quests, quests in general should, I, I don't know. The more I think about it, I feel like they just should be account wide and then you do them once and you're done. But then that does rob you a little bit of power, right? If you save it and do it later, and then it's time to do like the power grind for Season of the Drifter, well then you're all set, right? You're ready to go. You've got another way to get a nice primary. You can kind of sit. All of a sudden you need a primary, you got a quest to get a primary. That stuff can help too. So I don't necessarily know if you want to just have it be, maybe you can do it three times total. And that's what they do, right? They did I did I get enough uh, headshots? I did. So I, I could see I could see them making it to where you could do it with with all three characters, like hopping between the two, but then still letting you do it up to you know up to three times total before it doesn't drop powerful anymore. I'm just try, I was just trying to throw blades at the guy, not melee. That lunge is so far, you know? From Thannery, the question says, uh, was there an equal amount of rage in the chase for Lunas and Not Forgotten? Or since those are not exotic, people don't care? Um, there's a couple things at play there. I think maybe when Not Forgotten and, and Lunas were added as pursuits, there was a lot of other things for people to do. So I think we might be actually missing... Uh, we might be missing an, an element that's going on. There's not anything happening in the game. So people were sort of setting their sights on, we haven't had anything for a couple weeks. Yay, here comes the last word. Oh, are you freaking kidding me? I have to go into Crucible. Oh, are you freaking kidding me? I have to not die. Um, so I... I think maybe that's why when there's nothing else when there's nothing else going on it's everything's everybody's focused on it when when we got the not forgotten and the Luna's pursuits that came with forsaken so for most players if you're not focused on PvP that wasn't even on your dadgum radar you're like what what are those guns you know what I mean but when there's a commercial on you know when there's a trailer on Twitter for it and they have the they have the roadmap showing that there's a there's a quest coming and we're all like, oh, it's the last word, it's the last word, look at the picture, look at that, look at this trailer. You know, everybody got really, really excited 
for it, it's understandable for people to say, man, this is a bummer. I don't want to do any of this stuff when typically they would just have ignored it. They wouldn't have... uh, I don't think they would have cared if it landed with Forsaken. They probably would have ignored... They would just ignored the quest for like a long time. I'm like, I don't care about that. (laughs) You know? Uh, Misty Warris, what is the best way to farm for the metals? Oh, just go into Mayhem and get something like Nova Bomb or <clears throat> Blade Barrage is really good because Blade Barrage is just so easy to get kills with. And if you follow your teammates and then just avenge them, so you'll see your teammates' skulls round the corner, Blade Barrage, whoever just killed them. Like, that's essentially what a lot of people were doing. Uh, ooh, that was a really good Blade Barrage on him. I got him almost down to one... Look at that. I must have gotten a lot of damage from the explosions. I got no super energy from shards, and I still... i That's the best hit I've got on him. I got almost uh, two full bars of health off of him. And it and it did... It barely... It didn't give me like... It gave me like 30%. Uh, JD Gamer, do you think last word on console will be fixed in the next update? Uh, and will you see a buff for this weapon? in the future with it not being as good as it was in D2. I think your claim that it's not good and needs a buff is one that probably is not is not backed at all. Uh, it three taps. <laughs> it three taps. So I, w- if you want it to two tap, you're going to make Crucible stupid. You're going to turn it into Call of Duty. Um, I don't think it needs uh, buffed. Now, if the recoil needs addressed because it's super ineffective, that's not the same conversation. If it needs help with that, that's efficiency, that's recoil, that's not a buff. Does that make sense? Phantom Maestro, I don't think I thanked you for your Prime Sub. Thank you for your Prime Sub, and then two months from Miniature Viking. I am sorry, Phantom Maestro, I think I missed that. Zombie Slayer, with solo players, do you think it would take longer to complete the PvP quest with the constant BS that some players uh, do? I think so as well. I mean, you're just complaining. Play, play, Play it and get it done. Of course it's going to take a little bit longer as a solo player. You don't have people helping you. You know what I'm saying? Like, It's like asking, is it going to be harder to raid with random people from LFG or with my buddies who play every week? Well, of course it's going to take longer. You're, you're not, you know, you're not a polished team. So, <clears throat> FS Captain. Uh, what's the deal with hand cannons? Last word, Thorn. Now rumors of Hawkmoon. Bungie loves hand cannons. Uh, hand cannons are sexy, you know? get with the program dude hand cannons have always been sexy in destiny uh they've always been they've always been really really strong um they have been they've always been some of the best weapons in the game have been hand cannons the last word fate bringer hawk moon uh palindrome the is luna these are the, these are these are these are guns that everyone talks about and remembers because i don't know there's something about there's just something about a hand cannon. Sorry, I had to sneeze, so I muted the mic. Sorry, I don't want to sneeze in your ear. I apologize. I got like a little like nose tickle and I'm sneezing on you. So I, I, I just think that's part of that's that is part of destiny. Uh, hand cannons are just like a they're a really defining weapon. I think fusion rifles are too, and that's why I'm always sad that fusion rifles just don't get a lot of uh, they don't get a lot of play and get a lot of presence. You know, I'm always, I'm always bummed by that. I'm always bummed by that. So I, uh, I think, I think fusions, I think fusions could get a lot more play if, uh, 
I think Fusion just get a whole lot more play than they do. And they're and they're and they're a very like identifiable like sci-fi weapon. Crafty's Wiggly Ball says, "Are you disappointed with the community and Bungie keeps uh, relying on bringing Are you disappointed the community and Bungie keeps relying on bringing back D1 primary weapons? I want to see strong primary weapons that are new." Um I think the problem now is they don't really well, I mean, the breakneck is really strong, so I think you're you're you're, you're forgetting that one. The last word, um, I'm sorry, the warden's law just got introduced as well. So those are two really strong primary weapons. The blast furnace is really strong. Um, the orchid can be is really strong as well. I think you're I think you're leaving some out that have just recently been introduced that are really strong and they are new. The now, if you're thinking exotics, if you're thinking exotics, um then then I think there might be room for some more but as well it's like yeah the bygones as well um, yeah that came with forsaken but we're in the era of forsaken they can't just keep pumping out new primaries every time every every month we are in the era of forsaken right now we're I mean obviously yes we're in the black armory but like the black armory okay well let's just look at what the black armory added the black armory added the blast furnace and the orchid those are both really strong uh, primaries so I think you know they did add some pretty strong primaries now if you're talking exotics we could have that conversation the Jotun is cool that's an energy weapon the anarchy's cool that's a power weapon both of those came with this with this I don't think that they add one that I'm for getting uh, with this with this first piece of the annual pass I mean the monarch they added the monarch and the Izanagi's burden those aren't really primary weapons though I mean they kind of are uh, they're pretty strong the Yoden's basically a secondary so I don't think it's as lopsided as maybe as maybe you've made it I think there uh, there's more there's more to it than that I never even looked at the roll on my six coyote that I got last night um Unflinching hand cannon and special ammo finder. That's actually pretty nice. That's actually pretty nice. Ringing nail. Yeah, ringing nail's okay. I it might. I don't know if it's better now. Did it get a buff with the recent buff? It is it one of the ones that got a little bit of a bump. Uh, Rivensbane Neems. Do you think in a couple seasons from now, Bungie will make the Luna's Howl obtainable without playing comp, like the broadsword? I think what they'll probably do is every, maybe every, I don't know about every season, maybe every year, drop all those down and make them quests that can be done without comp, but but they don't really have a whole lot of reason to. They can just leave the quest as is, and if you want it, then you've got to do it, do the same quest steps that everybody else did. But I could also see them saying, oh, it's been a year, we're just going to roll all these down as to, and make the quest lines a whole lot simpler. There's newer, far more elaborate, um, there's newer or better pinnacle weapons to pursue now in PvP. So that, you know, that could be an element of the, of the, of the grind and the reasoning too, is there's new weapons, so these ones won't really be meta anymore. These weapons over here are meta. I don't know how you make Lunas and Not Forgotten not meta weapons, because they're just, they're hand cannons, and they're strong. I, as long as you can infuse them up, even if you can infuse them up, the only way you make them weak is by nerfing them or breaking them. Like, those guns, I don't know how you unseat them. I really don't. Even if you get people, like, really strong pulses, the hand cannons just hit that really nice... The maps are just really built for it too. Like the engagement range of a hand cannon, just it gets along really, really well with uh, 
with Destiny. Um, Razor says, when do you think that would be right to drop D3? I mean, there's a lot of different thoughts on this. Like when to drop D3, there's the idea of, you know, dropping it with the console. Um, there's the idea <clears throat> the new consoles, which would be 2020. There's the idea of waiting an extra year so they have more time to build Destiny 3. That way it can um, it can land on the new consoles and the new consoles can be out for one solid year to help with both saturations and expectations of the players to be like, you know... You can play Destiny 3 on your Xbox One and your PlayStation 4 in 2021, uh, but a year later, 2022, I would think they would maybe start expanding the game and saying, now you need to go... If you want this new expansion in 2022, you need the new console. I don't even know what the timeline would be there, but that's a long time before, you know, ditching the old consoles. They're going to need to eventually. They're they're limited. They can only do so much. Um, so I could I could see them I could see them eventually doing that. So 2020 or 2021. Any longer than that, and I think they're going to struggle to keep people interested, but I also think you're I also think you're going to you're going to struggle to maintain Destiny 2 that long as well. I feel like there's two time sort of invisible time clocks they're working against. One is player expectation about when it comes out, like player interest, and the other is you know, player engagement in Destiny 2 being maintained with content. So, I would I would think 2021 and 2020 would be when I would most likely put it. I think 2021 is the more likely because breaking with Activision would be, the reason would be give us extra time and that would be extra time. That would be outside of the initial sort of assumed timeline. Um, launching 2020 would seem strange given that now they aren't with Activision so they can do their own timeline um it would be weird to still stay with with the original sort of presumed contractual obligation release date so uh CNMI Gamer says do you think with D3 will be released for next console generation or they release it on the PS4? Yeah, I just answered this with the previous question. I think they would launch it initially on all consoles because you want to get that you want to get that initial saturation um, of everybody owning the game and playing the game because there's so many people that own PS4s. Like the saturation of the PS4 is like really really good, and so you do that to like maximize your player base, and then you next year say all right the dlc that lands in 2022 you have it's not available on the old consoles because now you have an audience now you have people that bought destiny 3 and they're gonna want the dlc right they'll have a reason to upgrade they don't have a reason to upgrade if they don't even have the game yet so i would uh, that's where i would do it i think that they could do that Coach Dave, when will we see more of the resurrected Uldren Sov? I have no idea, man. Atomic Inferno. What do you think about 150 and 140 RPM hand cannons in Crucible? Should the Ace of Spades archetype two headshot, one, uh, two head, one body, while Midnight Q should stay three? I don't, I, this is not my area of expertise, so I don't have an opinion on this. Um, if the TTK is a three tap, I think the TTK should require, uh, 
should require three headshots if the if the fire rate of the gun is is relatively quick. If the fire rate of the gun is a little slower, like on a 110, I could see doing two body one head because it shoots slower. But if it's a it's, if it's a pretty fast firing gun, I would think you, if you want a three tap, you need to land three headshots. Um, but again, I'm not an expert. Somebody might be like, "Well, no, 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 two head, one body is fine," and here's why. You know, here's some argumentation. Here's the history of Destiny. Here's how it worked in the past. I don't, I don't know enough to really argue one way or the other. Smoky Gaming, do you think we'll be able to see Shin Mao 4 in Joker's Wild? Uh, no idea. Roar, Roar Riviere, have you heard for, about Mercury Farm? If so, does it work? And where? And and when? And what can you get? The Mercury Farm? Are you talking about farming the the currency there? And then getting the items from him to get, you know, you're, you can get items from him that are likely to be masterwork, I think. Is that the Mercury Farm? And then you can break it down and get the enhancement cores. I, that, yeah, I, that's basically what you do. Is you just, anytime you can get the currency on Mercury, get the currency on Mercury. Currency on Mercury is hard to say. And you turn it into him, and then when you turn it into him, you break down everything he gives you. So, um, Snake Lord. In a perfect scenario, how would Destiny Three launch in the perspe- uh, in the perspective of Bungie? How would uh, you launch the game for people to get back into Destiny? I mean, if you want people to get back into Destiny, I think you have to speak directly to them about what you're changing in Destiny Three. It's one thing to say, here is Destiny 3. It's a completely different thing to say, Destiny 3 is going to be different than Destiny has in the past, and here's how and why. Like, giving something for people to sort of latch on to with respect to the differences, I think is important. Now, I don't know if Division did this with, with like exclusively, but I definitely felt like whenever I first saw Division, th- I felt like they were speaking to things that they learn like this is what's going to set this apart from division one and i feel like that is something you would want to hear from bungie i've always said they need to sit down for their sort of like destiny 3 is coming and do almost like a video that says here is everything that happened with destiny 1 leading up to destiny 2 give like a history and say here is here is how that's going to benefit the next game here's what we learn here's what we change etc um I think people would be very interested to hear that, very interested to see that that sort of structure of we're going to make the game better, we're going to make the game different. Because from a PR standpoint, you gain a, I think you gain a lot when you do that because it doesn't matter if you're if you're admitting fault about a product that is now irrelevant, you're admitting fault about a product that no one cares about like no one's like oh man they just made it sound like destiny 1 and 2 weren't that great you know vanilla destiny 1 and 2 right where there is no market for those games anymore those games are not being promoted they're not like that's not part of their business model for success so you never want to dog your content and be like yeah man that stuff sucked you know by the way can you buy our annual pass season of the drifters coming out right but if they say hey with Destiny 3, you know, soon to be revealed to you guys with trailers and announcements, we wanted to take the time to talk about the history of Destiny and how that informed Destiny 3. Like, just have that transparent sort of, you know, Vidoc feel. I, I don't know. I think people would really, really 
I think people would really, really embrace that and be excited. But if you're like, here's Destiny 3, here's a trailer, next game's coming out at this date and time, I think a lot of us would be like kind of worried. I'd be like, are you gonna are you gonna speak open and honest about changes? Are we getting dedicated servers? Is it a different engine? Is the world gonna be bigger? Is it gonna be more of a traditional RPG? You know, these are all questions that I would have. I'd be like, what what uh, what's gonna make this game stand apart? You know? Because I think people will be understandably gun-shy after what happened with D1 and D2's launch. Dark Prophet. Based on how the draw quest played out, and now knowing we are getting Thorn with Joker's Wild, do you think this could be a prelude of showcasing a future of Guardians using the Dark as their power source? Seems they are slowly working towards that since Forsaken launched. I just find it really, really hard to believe... that we're going to suddenly not be guardians of light. We've spent four years doing, doing all this stuff, being guardians of light, being warriors of light. We spent all this time and to suddenly, to suddenly be like, nah, we can be dark now. I I just don't think they're going to do that. I'm not saying that I like, they better not, or I don't want them. Um, I, if they make that pivot, they're going to have to be really, really smart about it. They're going to have to be really, really smart about it. Because I think that it could, it, like, people would be annoyed. People are really invested in their character. And to suddenly be told, like, yeah, you're going to become bad now. You're like, wait, what? I don't want to become bad now. But if they do, like, the classic, like, oh, you have a choice to be good or bad, right? You have a spectrum. You're honorable or you're dishonorable. All that stuff. I don't know if I don't know if that would be good either. I don't know. To me, I think having a clear cut, we are we are warriors of light. We are guardians, and we are doing X, Y, and Z. We are fighting against X, Y, and Z. I think I don't know. I feel like there's something about that that people latch onto and like, and I'd be worried that you would lose some of that if there was like this. Yeah, it's doesn't really matter you can be you can be whatever you want to be you know I don't know I don't I, w- I won't care if it happens but I think it's unlikely Ner- nerve rack do you think exotic quest should take longer to complete but maybe be a bit easier like it takes a dedicated player two to three days to complete but also a casual can maybe completed in a little over a week the only way you slow down a hardcore player to take two to three days is if you time gate it you're not gonna slow them down you're not um, and if, okay, let's say you need, let's say the only way they can do the math, they're like, okay, this is how many kills somebody could get if they played nonstop for like eight hours. A good player could get X number of kills. Let's just throw out a number, 500, right? A really, really long play session, a really, really good player can get 500 kills. We're going to make them get 2000 kills so that we, you know, running the averages, it'll take them, you know, two or three days. Well, you're now legislating to the hardcore player, which is a mistake because you're going to basically make it to where they're still going to grind through and get it done relatively quickly, and you're putting everybody else in a hamster wheel. It's like, well, I guess I'll get the gun next year. Um, I guess I'll, get, you know, I guess I'll get the gun someday. Uh, so I, I, th- I happen to think that I happen to think that there, there's a lot to be said for having a balance 
because I've always said if you try to slow down the the hardcore player and you don't use time gates, you're gonna put you're gonna put everybody else in a hamster wheel. It's gonna feel like it takes forever to do even the most basic quest, right? If you use time gates, then what are you really accomplishing? It's almost like, hey, hardcore player, you you are done now for the day, and they're like, what? I, I'm I've only been playing for an hour and a half. Yep, you're done. Come back again tomorrow. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. I guess I'll stop playing, right? If they don't do that, it's like, well, we better slow them down. We better make it take a couple thousand kills. That way it takes a long time. And the average player's like, dude, I'm never going to get this weapon done ever. Yeah, You know, you want the hardcores to get it basically immediately, allows them to show it off and incentivizes others to grind for it. Right, I just don't think anything is gained by legislating to the hardcore player. If you legislate to the hardcore player, you're creating a game for them too, in, in, in too much of a way. There's a difference between there's a difference between giving the hobbyist things to chase and grind for like Forsaken was built for the hobbyist. There's a difference between doing that and creating quests and pursuits that are built around the speed with which a hardcore player can beat something. That's different. There's a huge difference between saying we're going to make a lot of grind because we know the hardcore players like to grind. That's different because that means that's kind of like optional. You don't have to grind for these God roll forge weapons. You don't have to grind for a God roll warden's law, right? That's all optional. But when you're like, here's a quest and this is, you must do this to get the weapons and you make the quest and you build it for a hardcore player's habits. I just think that's it. I think I always, I'm going to always push back and say, that's probably a mistake. To the same degree that you don't want the entire game tooled and built for, you know, casuals like we did at the beginning of D2, you don't want the same thing to happen on the other side of the coin and be like, everything is literally built for hardcore players. Next question from D Flawless. Do you feel the community outrage on console is warranted? And if so, do you think we need to separate the sandboxes? Given that high, some pretty high-skilled players were quoted by multiple trustworthy people in chat, I trust the people in chat that said this, some high-skilled players were saying that it's pretty bad on console. They need to look at it. They need to look at it. Uh, Milo. Do you think it would be a good idea or a bad idea to have Bungie release weekly or bi-weekly patches on PC and test the patches? This way to remove the situation from severely gutting and breaking things in one patch, we're stuck with the next three months. Uh, like Nova Warp and PvE and potentially PvP after yesterday's uh, nerfs. I mean, I like what you're thinking. You're basically saying... Since you don't have to do the certification on PC, couldn't we push out more updates and turn PC players into guinea pigs? I don't know if you want to turn PC players into guinea pigs. Um, I mean, a bunch of us, you know, a bunch of us could sign up and say, oh, I'm willing to, to download early. You know, you could do that, maybe. But you don't want to just turn the PC landscape into uh, into a bunch of guinea pigs. I think that would frustrate people. Um that would be that would be a, a a bad move. Now, if it was something you could opt into, like yeah, I'll take the test patch, um, you know. And they could say if you do the test patch, it comes with like a little book. And if you do the if you do these things in the book to help us test out the environments, you know, you go into PvP, you go into Gambit, and then you provide us with feedback. If you do that, you would complete the book and then get cosmetics. You could incentivize it that way too. Um, so, and it's literally the smallest player pool. 
Right, and you gotta be careful, like, testing things on PC doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna land on console and be just as good. Um, so, that would be my concern, too, is that it wouldn't achieve what you're trying to have it achieve. It would end up, it would end up, it would end up not actually helping, maybe, you know. It, it would end up saying, oh, well, everybody loved it on PC, but I mean, how much of that's based on the recoil differences? It's a different player base. It's a different set of mentality. You know, it would, it, it could potentially um, backfire. Now, they had Crimson, they had Crimson, no, not Crimson, they had Crucible Labs. Crucible Labs was designed to be an environment where you could test things out, game modes, game rules, etc. Um, they may need to do something like that with Gambit. <laughs> Uh, Dixie745 with the next question. Let me see here. One second. What do you think about Bungie adding an RNG bump for completions while trying to farm certain weapons? For example, raid-specific weapons. Uh, if you run the last wish five times and you don't get the 1k bump it. Yeah, I've argued for this before. It's the Nightfall RNG system that I think they could afford to apply uh, to exotics. Um, I think that would be helpful. And if they did that, it could be it could be a good pivot and a good shift so that way people are still excited when they get the exotic exotics could still be really rare but you give people a little bit more intentionality in chasing them instead of feeling like well it's been three months nobody really wants to run last wish anymore and i never got a 1k uh i i i feel like that's a i feel like that's a miss a mistake um you're making people miss out on a weapon and just purely based off of rng and Anarchy 2. I would be I would be raiding regularly if they had that in place, but I don't want to run the Scourge every week and never get the Anarchy and just get annoyed. But if I knew... <clears throat> excuse me. If I knew that I was going to get an increased chance like the Nightfall RNG, well, then you'd probably see me in there. Because I'd be like, well, my chances are just going to keep going up, so I might as well work to... It's, it's like a... It's kind of like an unspoken quest. You're working your way towards getting it, right? Um, it would feel that way at least. Next question from uh, little uh, little T eight little T eight. I'm not reading that. What is the issue with having a difference in loot with the casual player and the hardcore player? I feel the hardcore player should have the opportunity to earn cosmetic that is ca- that a casual can't earn. Reward the hardcore players. This is this is an idea that I've I've wanted to implement with the NPCs. I would really like to see a raid NPC that you get stuff that you only get after like a hundred raid runs, right? And so maybe you're not getting loot drops anymore from the raid, but you're getting, uh, you're getting, you're ranking up the NPC and you're getting access to ornaments for your guns, shaders, ornaments for your armor, things that are clearly distinguishing you from, you know, from other players in an attempt, in an attempt to make you you know, feel rewarded as a hardcore player. I think NPCs are the key to doing this. Uh, Ibs says, how do you feel the last word stacks up against the usual go-to hand cannons for PvE and PvP? Uh, I'm kind of upset this weapon takes up an exotic, especially since it's no better than Luna's and Nightfall in PvP, and in PvE it gets outclassed by pretty much every hand cannon with Rampage Outlaw. When using it, that means I can't use Jotun Whisperer or any other exotic weapons that provide a noticeable improvement over their legendary counterparts. Uh, oh, and there's just a lot of things in this in this, in this this question that are wrong. Um, it's like in Star Wars when he's like, that's funny, everything you just said was wrong, or whatever. <laughs> uh, 
first of all, it's a PvP weapon that is not meant to outclass the Lunas and the Not Forgotten because it's not it's that's not its effective range. Um, so that's like getting mad that you can't outclass the Lunas and the Not Forgotten with an auto rifle because if, if you're if you're at that effective range, they're gonna beat you. Um, so the effective range of the last word needs you need to be up in their face and hip fire it. Now again, if it's not doing a very good job on console, maybe that's what you mean, right? To the other parts of your question, it should not, and I wouldn't want it to be doing a great job in PvE because it's just so clearly a PvP weapon. So, it, you know, and someone's saying it does outclass Lunas, right, but that, your Green Talon, I think you're universalizing your claim. It doesn't outclass Lunas because its TTK is faster. It has an effective range where it is the, it, it, it is one of the best weapons at that range, right? If you go toe-to-toe against the Lunas at the Lunas effective range, you will understandably lose. If you get close enough to do the hip fire, you probably can outclass and win as long as you hit your shots because the TTK is fast and you're able to just hold down hip fire and now you're a little too close for them to react in a good way, right? So it's, if, if, if you're trying to use it at the effective range and in the same way, like you're ADSing and stuff, like if you're doing that, you're going to lose to the Lunas. You're going to win in the right place. It's kind of like comparing, like I said, like an auto rifle. It's meant to be used. It's meant to be a, a bit of a hip fire barrel stuff weapon. Um, it has the same range as the Lunas. No, 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 no. Um, when I say effective range, what I mean is like, where is it really meant to be used? I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about a. I'm not talking about range. I'm, I'm saying like when you get when you get up close to when the hip fire is really at its best. It is it is bet it is better at that at that close range. The Lunas and the Not Forgotten are gonna be better at a longer at a longer distance at a longer range. When I'm saying effective range, I don't mean the stat, I mean literally where the gun performs best. I know effective range equals range before damage drop-off. Sorry, I'm not using effective range in the technical sense. What I mean is literally its efficiency, like where where it's 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 most efficient. It's most efficient in sort of a again, you're hip firing, man. Like you're you need to be very, very close. I don't need to be very, very close for a not forgotten or a Luna's. I can hold a lane and just pop shots, pop, 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 dead. Pop, 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 dead. The last word, you gotta be up close. Like you're getting up close. It's it's basically a barrel stuff weapon, sort of. So, yeah, okay, ideal range. I'm sorry. I'll start saying ideal range. That's good. That's good feedback. Sorry. Effective range is the wrong word because technically they have the same quote-unquote effective range. The ideal range for the last word is significantly closer than Luna's and Not Forgotten. So it has a context in which it thrives, right? Okay. So now that we got through that, the I I think the, the last word just probably needs some help with recoil, um, I think that is when you're going to, you're going to want to, you're going to want to see some tweaks made. If it's not working on, on console, like it's supposed to, they're going to need to make some tweaks to recoil. Um, and don't you get the damage buff when you hip fire it anyway? So you're not going to hip fire at the range of a, of a Luna's, right? The effective range isn't hip fire. How you get the, the damage bonus. 
I thought you. I thought like the the main reason to to use the gun was as hip fire, and that is not going to work. You don't get more damage. Um, there is no damage buff. Oh, I thought you got some type of a buff for hip firing. Is it? So I thought something happened when you hip fire. I can't remember what it was. A reload and stability bonus. Okay, so you do get some help when you hip fire. So they're basically the gun is telling you to hip fire, and you're not going to hip fire at the ideal range of a Luna's. That's where it's going to fall off. That's where it's going to fall off. Sorry, I wasn't aware of the stats on it. I don't. I don't play PvP. I got the gun, but I just I generally don't really care about PvP and effective ranges. But I think it needs help on console, but I, expecting it to be good in, in, in PvE is silly. So part of this question that like, oh, it gets outclassed in PvE, why are you using it in PvE, right? Like, that, it's, that's not what it's meant for. That would be like going into uh, PvP and being like, man, when I, when I use the Whisper of the Worm and I proc Whisper Breathing, I'm having a really hard time getting this gun to work in PvP. Trying to get Whisper Breathing and trying to get the White Nail perk to proc in PvP, that'd be dumb. Like, what are you doing? You're using the wrong gun in the wrong place. What's an exotic? Why is he getting outclassed by other snipers? Like, you see what I'm saying? Misty Walrus, thoughts on Bungie upping the amount of radiant frames per character to three? Uh, I don't get the idea having three choice... Three choices, but only doing two. Also, it would help getting the Monarch, the Jotun, for people to be able to do the forges to do it on all three characters. It's a grind. Um, the radiant frames you can have up to three I don't understand what you mean thoughts on the amount of radiant frames upping the amount of radiant frames to three what are you talking about there's only three frames you can get that are the gold each week you pick two and then that's it you can only do two powerful frames you're not they didn't up the amount of, of, of frames they up the amount of the things you can hold can't you Oh, you can do two? From Ada, they want three? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think that creates a decision. You're saying they should we should be able to do all three. Oh, you're saying thoughts on upping the amount. You're asking, what do I think about them doing that? I, I thought you were saying, what do you think about them doing it like they did? Sorry, I misread the question. What do I think about them increasing how many we could carry? I... I don't know. I like the idea of like having to kind of make a decision and stick with it and be like, this is what you're going to grind for this week. I don't know. I, I, I hear where you're coming from. It would give you more chances for the Jotun and the Monarch, but um, that's not a hill I'm going to die on. D Flawless. Bungie has some of the best trailers in the business. Do you think they hurt themselves by setting up the wrong expectations or at very least cause people to feel entitled to get it without a quest? Well, I don't. I'm not gonna blame blame the trailers for that. I mean, look, if it it, I think it's more symptomatic of the fact that there's not a lot going on in the game right now. So if there's not a lot going on, everyone sets their sights on the quest. Like that's what I'm gonna do, right? Uh, there's nothing really to do in Destiny. Hey, there's an exotic quest. Oh, cool. I'm gonna go do the exotic quest. And they're like, oh, frick, I've got to do PvP. I don't want to do PvP, right? I th- I feel like I feel like that's more where folks are landing then um then feeling like oh the trailer really got me hyped right i think the trailer did its job it got people excited and it announced the thing that was you know getting added uh let's see trivial question i know a lot of people aren't fond of old exotics um 
coming back, but I'm curious, which exotic would you like to see come back from D1? I get this question all the time. I don't want any to come back. I don't have a list, and I don't have a I don't have a wish list of exotics from D1. I'd rather new exotics. I'd rather have a Jotun or you know a 1K voices, things like that. I want new stuff. That's that's always how I've been. STP616, is the annual pass really worth it? Uh, That's up to you. I think it is because I like to play on a regular basis and it feeds me stuff to do on a regular basis. So that's a question that you have to answer. Uh, I can't answer that for you. Um. Jay-Z Slayer says, what exotic weapons from D1 do you think should come to D2? Literally just had this question, so try to read chat when you guys are submitting questions. You may have missed it, but literally somebody just asked this. So your question was submitted in chat around the time they submitted theirs. So, I don't expect you guys to read everything that's in chat, but it's okay. I just want you to know why I'm skipping your question. <gasps> Dang it. Oh, we're done. Next question from uh, Denovantrix. Which do you think is stronger in PvP now? PvE now? Golden Gun or Blade Barrage with their perspective exotics? Currently, you can one-tap a lot of Lost Sector bosses using the bottom tree Golden Gun with Celestial Nighthawk. Um, I mean, I think Blade Barrage has its purpose, though, in a different way. So even if Golden Gun can do a stronger maximum DPS, I can hit a boss, especially one that's kind of tanky and stands there, and I can get pretty much my entire super back like 70 to 80 percent so blade barrage has more like i don't know blade barrage especially with shards just feels super adaptable and celestial's like wait 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 boss that's it and gold and 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 blade barrage is kind of like oh there's a big group of ads there's a big group of majors And you get 50% of your super bag. Or if you hit a, a whole big tanky boss, you get 75% of your super bag, right? Golden Gun with Celestial is just like, you'd never use it until the boss comes out. Both have purposes, but I think both are viable because of that reason. Uh, to Orange Ghost. What do you think Bungie can do to fix the way that the only competitive exotics are heavy weapons in endgame PvP? Uh, what? Are you... F- what? What are you talking about? Uh, the Jotun is an energy weapon, and it's silly good. Like, I was getting killed by it a lot yesterday. Ace of Spades is really good. The last word that they just dropped in the game is good. Now, obviously, it sounds like it needs help on console. Um, what exotics are people using? The only competitive exotics are heavy weapons? What are you talking about? The Thunderlord? What are people using in PvP that's an exotic heavy? Am I missing something? Do you mean PvP? Uh, this this question seems really ill-informed. What are you using in PvP that's an exotic heavy? What on earth are you doing, my man? Now, if you're talking PvE, let's have a conversation. Yeah, it would be really, really nice if the, uh, the legendary heavy weapons were way stronger in PvE. This is true in high-end scrims. In high-end scrims, what are people using? I mean, I guess tractor cannon can be pretty annoying and Thunderlord's really strong. People are saying Wardcliffe and Colony? Oh, I forgot about the Colony. Yeah, I forgot about that. 
and I guess people don't need with not, with not forgotten and, and and the Lunas, you don't really need the last word or Ace of Spades, and Jotun's not really competitive. So I guess I kind of see what you're saying. Energy weapons for PvP, yeah, not really anything in here for PvP. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. In scrims, they're not allowed to use heavy. Yeah, so he's talking like end game, like high end game, sort of more competitive. Maybe not necessarily scrims. I see what you're saying. There really aren't any exotics that get off the ground in PvP. I got news for you, my friend. Come on over to PvE and the same is basically true. Let me show you what happens in PvE. It's the same thing. Oh, let me load up an exotic. Which exotic should I use? 1,000 voices, whisper, Thunderlord, Sleeper, maybe Tractor Cannon. Done. There are no exotic weapons worth using in PvE. Risk Runner, sometimes. Telesto's been made a lot stronger. You know what? Let me try Telesto. I forgot they buffed Telesto. I'm... Let's pull that let's pull that sucker out. They just buffed it. Let's have some fun with Telesto. Maybe Telesto is worth using. Now, if you're not in if you're just having fun, I actually think both the trace rifles are really strong and really viable because they got good ammo economy and their ammo economy just got better. <clears throat> but like most of the exotic primary and secondary weapons are just not strong enough to warrant usage. You're just like this is trash. Like why would I why would I use this, right? Um, so that what what you're describing, what you're talking about, is not unique to PvP. Exotics in general, um, don't uh, don't do that well. Merciless in raids now, but mostly just heavy. Oh yeah, the merciless is 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 still really good. That's true. That is true. Let me try the Telesto out though. Let's take this baby for a dance. Because didn't they just buff its damage? <clears throat> they just buffed its damage in PVE, I think. So, let's uh, let's take it for a spin. We have to put our whisper away though, um, and then we'll infuse the persuader into it. Uh, how do I get the Telesto catalyst? Does anybody know how to get the catalyst? Is it? Oh, is that from one of the raid layers? It's from the Eater of Worlds, isn't it? Ah, oh, Prestige Eater of Worlds, frickin' Bungie! Oh, dang it! I don't. It's probably worth getting too, isn't it? It's. I bet you it's worth getting, Dadgummit. That and the stinking sleeper. Borquin, do you think the weapon environment that D2 is currently in hinders all old weapons coming back? Old weapons do not perform as well as they used to and lose their prestige to me. I mean, if you could get an old-fashioned to drop with current perks and the mod system, I think it'd be really fun uh, to use, potentially. Um, yeah, I, I think that there is... Uh, there's pl- like you could go and get a, a link. Uh, can you imagine getting a god roll Lincoln Green right now and putting and putting some mods on it? That'd be a really really fun gun to have. Lincoln Green, that thing, bleh, 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 that fun, that gun is really really fun. But they don't have the random rolls, so I want to see all those guns come back with random rolls and and put them in all the NPCs with like bounties the way that Ada has. Uh, Leviathan. I think the issue is they uh, advertise and bring back old exotics from D1 as a quest. Do you think that they use old exotics as a quest, or would you rather the new exotics be a quest and old ones that are left in D1? I think there's rooms for quests, and there's rooms for ones that aren't quests. I think there's room for both. Majin Baird. Do you think we'll carry more progression items and emblems from D2 to D3? I think the collection system was established as a way to 
bring your triumphs and bring your proof of valor with you into the next game while leaving all of your gear behind. Because I know people are going to get frustrated by the fact that D3 is going to have to reset us. But if you bring all your triumphs with you, you bring your you bring your your prestige with you, then I think people will be a little bit more okay with it. So, Sir Smokes a lot. Do you think armor should have a catalyst to grind for? I mean, what are you really going to put on armor? I mean, you have to come up with an idea, and even when you do, like, we're so strong right now. Uh, great t-shirt, like always, thank you. We're so strong right now, I just don't think you really need catalysts on armor. It would just be a frivolous chase. Um, unless the catalyst on armor would be specific to a given location, like a raid or something, like a raid perk. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you grind for a catalyst on each piece of armor, and then you could get a set bonus. So, you wouldn't need to wear all IO armor, but you could get a catalyst called the bone breaker catalyst right and it's a catalyst where if you get the bone breaker catalyst on all all five of your armor pieces you would get the bone breaker the bone breaker set bonus and so it, the bone breaker set bonus would add bone breaker to the title of all of the names and it would change the appearance a little bit and maybe give you some type of like melee benefit um frick i just came up with like a kind of a good idea for catalyst for armor that that'd be kind of neat right so like these would be bone breaker reverie dawn <clears throat> hobrick or whatever it would be like a title like a like small text title above it so it'd be like bone breaker bladesmith memory strides and then once you have them all there could be like a secondary glow in the box of green or blue or something and then you would see blue text on all these items that says set bonus you know five out of five four out of five 20 percent melee damage or something something like that you know bone breaker and then you could be like yeah man i got all my armor pieces the way i like they look the way i like and i got the bone breaker catalyst on all of them um that could be kind of cool it wouldn't do much to your experience though because we're so strong um we are very very strong as it is <laughs> so i you know i don't know how much that would do to make your experience feel different but it would just be something fun to chase sounds like division i mean it's kind of like division but the fact that the differences with division is you actually chase pieces that are that are a part of that set bonus this would be a catalyst that could make any piece a part of that set bonus so Legend of Acarius was buffed into the moon. It one-shots every major. 50% buff, same as permanent trench barrel. Jeepers. That's nice. Uh, Midrin OW says, Wait, does the cat... Does the... Does that... Does the Acarius use... Oh, it uses heavy ammo. Never mind. I was going to say, you could have that... Never mind, that wouldn't work anyway. Uh, Midrin says, What about if the exotic quest requirements change with time to appeal to both hardcore and casual after a month, PvP requirement is reduced? Um, devaluation of player investment is a bad idea. Thank you, Sherwood, for the 510 bits. I've missed some subs. Jacko Box with 30 months. Uh, haven't been on during SNTR Presents Level Layout and Style. Thank you so much, Jacko Box. I'm sorry I missed your resub. 30 months is a long freaking time, brother. 16 months from Mystic Ghost. Thank you. And then Sherwood says, Hey, Lona, I found you money through Anthem Q&A. Your podcast has been my bus listening. Uh, I don't play nor follow Destiny, but I'm watching you because it's really engaging. Much love. Thank you for the 510 bits, and that's a very kind compliment. Thank you. Um. So... 
I don't think you want to devalue player investment. Like, oh, hey, now it's way easier. Gosh, I love the Telesto. Isn't it such a sexy gun? Just that, just that little, just that little ADS, you know? Just that little ADS. Boom. Okay. Okay. If the Telesto had an ammo generating property, this gun would be freaking stupid fun um, to use. Uh, bu- 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 yeah, so I don't think they should. I don't think they should stagger it down over time. I, I don't want to disagree with that one. I'm gonna try this thing on the servitors and see how it does. See how strong Telesto is in here. It reloads itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little ammo generation, random ammo generation, right? Maybe a random property that periodically doesn't just fill the gun, but fills it not from reserves. You know, maybe on a mul- maybe on a good multi kill, four people. You get four, and it. Uh, it gives you it gives you the the round back. That'd be kind of nice. But again, I understand they don't want to turn the thing into like a, a never ending. You just never need ammo for it. That could it could get ludicrous. Um, speaking of uh, NFEP RNG implemented, uh, he means the Nightfall and Escalation Protocol, the RNG implemented into like um, raids and forges. For those who don't do those activities because that's not the place, should they complain because they don't have 1K because they stopped raiding months ago? Well, I mean, the thing is, you have to understand something. When someone asks for that RNG to be placed into the raid, they're basically saying you would put it in and then people would have that incentive to go in week to week and feel like the odds of them getting it are going up. And that would be good because then you would feel that sense of investment. Like once you finally get it, you got it because you put in the time, right? That that felt really good. I want to I want to do that against this, a servitor without anybody helping me, because um, that felt really strong. It was it almost felt like it may have come close to a two tap, um, which will be exciting if this thing can be viable in here. I like the Telesto, and the Risk Runner got old. Um, just pop a synth, yeah, just pop a synth. So, um, yeah, I, to me, if, if you're going to, it's about, yeah, it's about a three tap on the servitors. Yeah. To me, it's about the investment, you know, it's, it's totally about the investment. It's not, if, if people, you know, people complaining because they stopped, you know, and now all of a sudden people are getting it. Oh, I haven't been putting my time in. Well, it would apply the RNG from that point forward. It would apply it from that point forward. It wouldn't be like, oh, Hey, you you ran you ran x number of you know ribbons so now you automatically are at a really really high rate it would obviously start from the beginning it wouldn't be it wouldn't be immediate that'd be really really weird um if they did that so i would say it's a good it would be a good system It'd be a good system because it would it would make people feel rewarded for their time. Like that's the point of a raid, right? Is to come back each week and to and to put the time in, and then feeling that sense of reward would be, I think, would be a good thing. JD Gamer, do you believe Faction Rally will make a return this season with Season of the Drifter, or do you think they will have quests like the Breakneck and the Grenade Launcher Crucible quest? I mean, this is a decent uh, this is a decent question because I could see them holding on to Faction Rally intentionally for Season of the Drifter to give people that aren't a big fan of Gambit something to do. You know? Biggest problem with Telesto is going to be ammo economy. Like, this is why Trace Rifles are just... Their ammo economy is better than everybody else's. Well, I just got nine from that one. I think you should get two two mags 
You should get two mags from any any green brick. I think that's what you should always get. Two mags for a shotgun, two mags for uh, fusion, because you get two mags for the trace rifles, uh, and I think they should do the same for the... Uh, they should do the same for all the all energy weapons. Um, yeah, that'd be a good time to bring back Faction Rally, but I have no predictions about that. It would be nice, though, to have something not Gambit-based to do in Season of the Drifter, and Faction Rally could scratch that itch, you know? Two mags for shotties, and you'd never run out? Uh, I don't know, maybe. It's sometimes pretty... It is sometimes pretty scarce and shotgun ammo gets go- you go through shotgun ammo so fast I don't agree with that I think you go through shotgun ammo faster the nature of how it works um, the nature of how it works it'd be okay because you burn through it quicker it, it, it's strange to me that I don't burn through trace rifle ammo very fast It like it's effective ammo and then when I get low all I need is like two bricks and I'm back in business with a shotgun I have to dump an entire mag into a servitor and then one brick only gives me that back so like two servitors come out and then I've used two mags I have to get two bricks to get that to come back like it's just I don't know there's just something trace rifle ammo economy is just so freaking good oh is the boss here shoot I want to actually see how much shards gets on this guy use it on his legs I missed some of my mind blades though yeah, that wasn't very good. Um, I, me- I kind of messed that up. Uh, did I skip somebody here? Black Mambo, behind the last word hype, how does the buffed Legend of Acrius perform now? Uh, also, do you think year one exotics like the Sweet Business, Hardlight, Merciless ETC should be looked at for potential improvements? Um, either make them improved or just steal their steal their perks and turn them into turn them into really, really great legendary pinnacle weapons down the road. Um, that could be nice. You know? There, there are things there are things on the Graviton Lance, the Merciless, and the like that could be just turned into a good pinnacle perk like Breakneck has Onslaught. Dr. Getgood, why are so many people complaining about the last word quest that has the PvP steps? I rarely ever see PvP players complaining that they have to raid weapons uh, have raid weapons when they're doing the raid, they just do it. Um, it may be an oversimplification or a misrepresentation to say that PvP players don't complain about raiding. I think that's probably not true. I bet you they, they have their fair share of complaint when they're in a raid and not having a fun time. Uh, <laughs> so maybe, maybe a slight, uh, inaccurate representation, but... I do think you're right. Going into PvP for a PvP weapon makes sense, and there's not really a legitimate complaint about it. Just like going into the raid for 1k or Anarchy. Uh, oh, oh, low, uh, Bo says, What do you think about the PvP map drought? Shouldn't they have had added a handful of new maps to promote the new sandbox? I don't know how many maps they've added. I don't know what the state of the map drought is. So, but I do think, yeah, a pivot away from a lot of the old maps would be a good move because I don't. I think a lot of those maps are part of the problem. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're not enjoyable. Um, so, it'd be. I think it would be good. It, I think it'd be good to have way more of the new maps. Or, or to your point, 
retool all the old maps to be a little bit better for the new meta not so not so lane choke point heavy uh not so built for you know 4v4 Wordman, do you think we uh, should be able to put mods on an exotic weapon in some way? I mean, I don't think mods make sense on an exotic weapon because exotic weapons are supposed to be exotic. It's supposed to be a, like a complete, a complete package. I would never want to look at a gun and go like, okay, so the Jotun. Yeah, it's okay, but you really want to put this mod on it, right? It needs to be it's a com- it's a complete package. It is missing ornaments. This thing is just ripe for ornaments. I I I'm I'm looking forward to ornaments on this in the future. But I I think it's just got to be it's got to be top to bottom a complete weapon. Now, putting shaders on them, I could get behind that. But other than that, I don't I don't think mods on them makes any sense. Ruku so Lono, do you think it's a bit odd that we have to redo certain quests for weapons we've earned before? Should there be some sort of acknowledgement and reward, or even if just the quest steps uh, that we've been there? It's we have to redo certain quests for weapons we've earned before. Well, you have three different characters, so no, I don't think that's odd at all. I think it's the way the gun it's it's the way the game works. I mean, in D one. In D1, do you think it's a bit odd we have to redo quests for weapons we've had before in D1? Uh, so there's some sort of acknowledgement. Oh, I see what you're saying. So we're doing a quest for the last word, and we had the last word in D1. I... I mean, the tower got destroyed, so kind of going through the motions of being like the history of the last word and or, you know, any of these weapons. Um, I kind of rediscovering it in that way I don't know I see where you're coming from I'm I I don't care I guess I, <laughs> oh hey uh, because you guys had the last word before no need to do a quest it's just it's over here on, on the floor look here Dave look at that it's just on the floor this whole time the last word's been over here it got blown out of the tower and here it sits you see what I'm saying like that'd be kind of silly like it kind of makes sense to make us go through some type of a quest step for it um I totally get where you're coming from though <laughs> it's like why are we rediscovering these weapons we had them before I, I get that but they, it's kind of necessary <laughs> it's kind of necessary this entire time the Galahorn has been in this cardboard box over in the tower who did this well, we were moving. It's marked fridge stuff. Well, come on, guys. Why is it marked fridge stuff? You see what I'm saying? Like, there had to be some type of a quest to get the gun back. <laughs> uh. Lithros. We did that in D1, by the way. We did that in D1. We reforged the Galahorn. Remember? Uh, Lithros says, any idea how they can make snipers more viable in PvP? Only thing I can think of is to make flinch go down. Flinch needs addressed. It, it, it's a problem. There should be some flinch, but it's just so dadgum extreme. Um, yeah, <clears throat> they made ra- they made the rapid fires two tap to the body, so they're terrible in PvE though. So they need a lot of help there. Uh, hypnotic. What do you think of those who expected the last word to be year one D one last word all over again? Shouldn't they have expected it to be weaker? I don't think it is weaker in the hands of a PC player. I think it's it's not very good on P- on console. So I think sometimes we're hearing or thinking it's weak mainly because I think the recoil is just bad on P on uh, on console. So I think it I think it needs some help. 
on console. Uh, but on PC, I, f- I got a couple of kills with it, and I'm like, it felt like the last word to me. I wasn't an expert with it, but when I hear that, like, Giggs and Crafty were loving it, then that tells me that it's, uh, it's doing its job. It's doing its job. So, that's the last question. I'm going to keep streaming, so guys, don't go anywhere. I've got some more stuff to do with you today, more discussions to be had. So, stick with me if you're here live. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm probably live right now. Come on in, twitch.tv slash no to rage. If I'm not live, just click the follow button so you can catch me when I am live. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>